Hello and welcome listeners to another very exciting episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we talk about a movie that we just saw relatively. Uh, you know, the rules have become fudged in these new times. But we get on the mic, we talk about a movie that is pretty recent and that we both have seen but not spoken to each other about. So we get out all of our opinions, all of those spicy, spicy takes, and uh, just discuss the film in general. I'm your host today, Bernadette Gorman-White, and today I'm joined by Robbie Anderson. Hello, Bern. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> it's it's going. We're doing a nice early morning hot take, so, you know, getting the, the afterburners are, are heating up. I'm, I'm going to fire on all cylinders so soon. I'm only on, like, cylinder five right now, so I got, like, Great. One, one to three more, depending on what kind of ca- car yes. I am. Yes. So, yeah. We'll find out what type of vehicle you are. Yeah, we fucking will. Yeah. Weird, because we've done vehicle-related films before, but this has not come up. But we're learning new things today. Not a lot of people know that I have the ability to transform into a vehicle at, at any given point. I don't know the make or model, because, you know, I'm in I'm in the front seat. I am, right. the, I am the car, so I don't get to see. You don't but, get to uh, observe. I don't get to, I, I don't know, but I've heard, like, you know, there's a lot of storage uh and and it's a great and it's a great reliable car <laughs> is what i've heard <laughs> absolutely i would say you're yeah. a reliable car i appreciate that thank you you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> um but yes listeners as you are may or may not be familiar with hot takes uh hot takes the format of this podcast is we're going to start talking about a movie if you click the link you know which movie we're here to talk about today But uh, we're going to start talking about it spoiler-free in this first half. And then in the second half, we'll give you guys a warning. We'll say we're about to get into some fun, fun spoilers. So yeah, we are here to talk about the highly anticipated third film in the trilogy Mm. that is Clerks. Mm. We're here to talk about Clerks 3. Now, Robbie, um, we can each get into our experience with the View Askew universe, or even mm-hmm. just Kevin Smith in general. What's your relationship? Because mm-hmm. you wrote a great article. It's up on the site about Clerks the First. And so I know you have some kind of relationship with these films. What is that relationship? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel like Kevin Smith, for like a lot of people in our like age group, was formidable, formidable, uh, formidable for me growing up. Um, and, you know, I've worked in customer service for a really long time. So Clerks, I feel like is like the best anthem for that, like, you know, kind of experience. And, you know, it also, it's like, it gives you hope where it's like this person was able to kind of, you know, transmute this, uh, really kind of like, you know, dead end job that he hated into something that, you know, skyrocketed his, his dream career. So like, you know, I always really like the, the Cinderella story. Of Clerks, but then Kevin Smith, I, I think, in many ways, I wouldn't be doing podcasts at all if it wasn't for Kevin Smith. Because when we started doing smodcasts, is when I got into podcasting uh, or listening to podcasts. I didn't start podcasting for a while after that, so that was some of the first like podcasts and stuff I listened to. But I always just like really, there was a time where I always really liked Kevin Smith's like vibe, and I really like you know liked. You know, I don't even, I think I've seen all of his movies at this point, but all the movies I'd seen, like, always, like, man, a lot to me. I just really liked his kind of, like, indie, no fucks given, pop culture fueled, like, attitude. But I, I will say, though, and I feel like I talked a bit about this on the Chasing Amy Overdrinkers before I, bl- I got blackout drunk, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, in recent years, maybe even, you know, not as recent, like, you know, in the past, like, 10 years or so i don't know maybe a little bit less kevin smith i feel like i have not kind of jived with what he has become lately or what he's kind of turned into or maybe i've just outgrown him it's kind of hard to say he's he's certainly not the same you know auteur he he once was but it's because he's you know he he can't be right Mm -hmm. like his movies are so much about like 
being young in many ways. And then he had to kind of like grow out of that. So I think he, he's had some growing pains in his career, but I'm very excited to talk about clerks. Today. So that's my, that's my summation with Kevin Smith, where he really meant a lot to me at a time and, you know, revere the man and respect him. And, but I do think, uh, I haven't been as into his stuff lately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a similar experience in relationship to Kevin Smith. I, like you, have worked a lot of jobs that he does, you know, film films about. Um, I've done the behind-the-counter thing. I've done the retail thing. So Mulrats really speaks to me. Yeah. Um, Chasing Amy is probably my favorite of his. But I also really love Jersey Girl. Um, I think he has a lot of really great movies. And... I have fallen off in recent years. I think there's probably only a handful of films that I haven't seen of his. I haven't seen Red State. I haven't seen Yoga that Hosers. Um, so those two films I do need to go back and watch just to, you know, complete my filmography when it comes to Kevin Smith. Um, but I will say watching something like Tusk, which he he filmed and ended up, you know, People didn't quite like it, but it was a much bigger budget, much more flashy type of film, and it ended up getting him the funding to make Clerks 3. So he was really happy that he had done it, no matter what the critical re- reception to Tusk was. He was happy, yep. you know, that that was part of his experience, because prior to that, he did not have the funding for Clerks 3, which is, you know, very important that he got. But from from stepping away from like the view askew stuff where he does do films about young people and being young, um, I just watched Jay and Silent Bob reboot uh, the other night oh, yeah, right before yeah, yeah. watching Clerks Three, and it just felt like such like a return to form. I know that movie got pretty lambasted when it came out, but you know I really yeah. liked it. It's hard to be like mad at a movie like that because you can tell that everyone's just having a great time. And mm. I was laughing out loud watching Reboot and just having a good time. It was just good to see those characters again. I just like yeah. these people that he uses. And I think Kevin Smith movies feel so completely different from any other type of movie that's out there. And if you vibe with it, like you can almost like 100% guarantee that you're going to vibe with the movie. Um, so I really like that. It feels like you're just watching Friends and... It was enjoyable. So, yeah. yeah, I watched that the night before I went to watch Clerks 3. And non-spoilery, I loved Clerks 3. How did you feel? I think Clerks 3 is, is his best movie in years. I haven't yeah. seen... Uh, I didn't see Jane Simon Bob reboot. Uh, the, the critical reception definitely kind of pushed me away, but I'm <laughs> yeah. glad to hear that it's like... Cause people were, like, panning that it's movie. Dumb. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and like also, like, you know, I wasn't really sure if I... I just didn't have an interest in seeing it. But Clerks 3, you know, you got you to gotta show up for Clerks. That's the thing. If there's any Kevin Smith thing, you got to show up for. It's Clerks. Uh, you know, if he ever meant anything to you. But yeah, I, I loved um, I loved Clerks 3. I think it's his best movie in years. I think it's uh, it's really earnest. Um, I think, you know, maybe not all of the comedy works, but all of the, like, sad moments do. You know, it's a kind of like a, it's a pretty, like, sad film at times and i think it like um i do think it's a very like special love letter to like not only kevin smith's career but also like all the all the people in it you know and um yeah i think it's i think it's really i think it's very it's just like it's sweet and tender and kind of what you were saying about jay and silent bob reboot it's like you can't really get mad at it like you know it's it's as genuine as movies get this one so Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very special. And like, you know, for the moments that didn't work for me, we could talk about it in spoilers, you know, it's few and far between because I do think overall the movie is is very good. Yeah, I agree. I think there's only like one character that I felt seemed a little out of place in this world. And yeah, there were only a few moments that didn't work for me as well. So yeah, I was very surprised. I thought it looked great. I thought it was like an interesting because obviously the first one is black and white and the second one's in color but has like more bright colors kind of i kind of liked how this one was kind of a meet in the middle i thought it didn't use a lot of bright colors very frequently 
And so because it was so few and far in between, sometimes he would get some bright shots, like, in the quick stop. But other than that, yeah. it was like a pretty, like, muted in tone type of color film, which, I don't know, it just felt like a perfect, you know, bow on top of this trilogy. It really, like, married a lot of things from both one and two in a really organic way, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the the guy knows how to, you know, shoot and edit conversations. He's been doing it for years, so he does that very well. Um, and yeah, I do think the set design of the movie is is very good um just because like uh it's it's true and he Kevin Smith talked a bit about this as well but like you know the quick stop you like you like know the quick stop inside and out you know you like know mm-hmm. what it looks like you can picture it even before seeing clerks three um and it's just kind of like it's like the most like quintessential um convenience store ever you know but uh yeah and I do think it's crazy just how similar it still looks on the inside. And they probably did stuff, you know, when setting up the production to make it maybe as close with few modern flourishes to the original. But it's crazy the thing's still fucking there, you know? Like, that's that's what's really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. So this is a fun um, thing that's been going on before movies. So I also recently thought, saw 3,000 Years of Longing. Yeah, and it was yeah. so cool that George Miller did, like, that little filmed thank you to the audience that yeah. aired before the movie. And then Kevin Smith did the same thing at the mm-hmm. beginning of Clerks 3. Did you stick around for the whole after documentary? Yes. Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, it was cool to see him talk about how, like, the owners, the actual owners of the Quick Stop welcomed them back. And because of, like, weird legal issues, Clerks 2, they couldn't shoot there. And yeah. Clerks won. Well, like, mm-hmm. it's wild that they finally got it all to work out that they got to shoot yeah. in the actual space, which was awesome. Yeah, they just I think they couldn't like secure the the tax credits and stuff they would need to film in like New Jersey, which um, is sad for Kevin Smith learning in that kind of documentary that he wanted to shoot there for so long. Yeah. Um, it's just like, oh, he should be. He should, I, I feel like that dude should be the fucking mayor of New Jersey. <laughs> yes. Like if he wants to, if he wants to do something there, you should just let him. Let him do just it. Just let him do it. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like it's Kevin Smith. He's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um. Yeah, I really, I did really like that. I did stick around. I was like about to leave, and I was like, oh fuck. And I guess I don't know if that's a spoiler or not that there is a documentary, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in there, and like you know, if you if you think you're getting choked up. By the end of the movie, you might be choked up uh, during that part too. He's just—he's the most like earnest dude, you know. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Um, I I liked that they had that little documentary afterwards. It was a different experience, and it felt right for a movie like Clerks Three to kind of end with that as well. But yeah, yeah, I will say it did kind of take me out of like the ending of the movie just a bit. But what can you do? Yeah. Yeah, I think if there's anything... Kevin Smith being the most earnest dude, yes. But there's any criticism, he is, like, very indulgent in himself. Yes. (laughs) You know, like... And, like, that's, like, you could just look at his entire career in between the movies to see that, like... and, And, you know, and it strengthens his brand, and it's, like, led to him kind of being able to do a lot of, like... Uh, unique funding situations and like crowdfunding situations for like things like Red State and stuff like you know I, I don't know if the Kevin Smith fan base is, is like getting smaller or bigger I don't really know but they are like as fervent as they've always been you know oh definitely the ones who have stuck around this long are very into it yeah they're into that shit and like you know I I remember listening to I got into Smodcast when he was doing the he was like Getting funding for Red State, and I think he was doing it through, like, Kickstarter or something like that. Like, I think he did a crowdfunding thing for Red State, and then I went to see Red State at Radio City Music Hall, where, like, it premiered. It was, like, on, like, a premiere, like, circuit, kind of. So I saw it there, and he did, like, a Q&A afterwards. It was awesome. And it was just, and, you know, it was packed, and you could just see why, you know, people love that dude. They just love hearing him talk, because he's just such, like, a, you know, you just want to listen to him. But... You know, I do think, and, like, I was super into this podcast forever, but then, like, I don't know, I just kind of got, like, oversaturated on it. But I think there are people who never do. 
Yeah. I think that's insane <laughs> to me. <laughs> Dude does a lot of talking. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but by the very nature of his films, too, his films are all fairly cyclical. Um, mm -hmm. Especially watching Jay and Silent Reboot, which is essentially a reboot of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And they get into the conversation in that film, what constitutes a reboot, what constitutes a remake. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, he likes to kind of rehash his old things and he likes to revisit the same characters and same locations. And so Well he, it's in vogue right now in cinema, so Extremely. <laughs> he's in the he's in the right mindset. So if you're into that in his films, then yeah, if you add on like the Smodcast, or if you add on like Comic Book Men, or if you add on any of his sure. other like side projects, it does seem like a lot of Kevin Smith. It's a lot of I mean, Kevin even, Smith to ingest. Um, I, I watched his, he produced and wrote, I'm not sure if he directed, but the uh, the He-Man reboot on Netflix, the anime and He-Man show. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's like, a, it's like maybe it's like more like a sequelization kind of. Um, I only saw the first season. It's fucking great. Like, it's it's, it's awesome. It's, re it's a really fun watch. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it subverted my expectations in, in like some pretty intense ways. Um... And there's a little bit of even like He-Man references, and maybe even like one of the actors in uh, this movie as well. I was like, "Fuck!" Oh. It's like he's, he's got it all in there. Yeah, that's fun. He's you know he's uh, the man ha has had quite a career, and I think like I had like um, I feel like I've gone on the journey where I was like super into Kevin Smith. You know, he could do no wrong to being like you know I don't know if like all of his movies like hold up as well to me as I thought they did. Um, and then like now I'm at the point now where I'm just like you know I'm just glad he's still having fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know like I've kind of I've I've gotten through it all. You know. Yeah, definitely. And he's one of those celebrities that's been around for a long time, and he's never really been embroiled in any you know crazy controversy. No. And it just seems like generally everyone really enjoys working with him, and that's just kind of rare. So it's fun to see it celebrated. Yeah, I think, like, you know, he's just a really genuine dude, but I do think, like, you know, you get sick of, if you're, like, super plugged into, like, his shtick all the time, it's just, like, you know, you, you hear him do the same, like, he's self-deprecating, he's funny, he makes, like, lewd jokes, blah, 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 and, like, I don't know, like, it, uh, the novelty, I think, could wear out. Oh, yeah. It wore out on me, you know, but I, I'm, I'm glad I had a long enough, if anything, I'm kind of glad I had a long enough Kevin Smith break to return to Clerks, um, cause I do think it, I was like soft enough to like really, <laughs> really vibe with the movie. And then like, you know, when you're watching, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. You're like, oh yeah, I remember this part. I, I've seen Clerks 1 more recently than Clerks 2. So it's been a long time since I saw Clerks 2 and I was like, is that, was that guy in Clerks 2? Like, oh fuck. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it was fun. In the past summer, Heath had never seen either of the Clerks movies and so we watched Clerks 1, I don't know, I would say maybe like four or five months ago. And then watched yeah, Clerks 2, holds up. like three months ago, two months ago. Kind of spaced them out a little bit, but in anticipation for this. And yeah, did, definitely still did, holds did up. Heath, did Heath like Clerks? Oh yeah, he likes it. Alright, cool. Yeah, he's into it. Well, so, you know, seeing that's the real test is like seeing if you've never seen clerks before and seeing it now in 2022, like that's, you know, it's like, how does it stay? I think clerks, I think clerks one has the, the, the staying power of like a, of all time classic, you know? Yes, for sure. Whereas like clerks two, and, and like, you know, it's, it's the danger writing pop culture jokes. is not always evergreen, you know, and I think that's maybe that's one of my criticisms of Clerks 3, where I'm like, some of the pop culture jokes you're making in this movie, I don't think are going to hold up as well as Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. You know? <laughs> like, I think some of this stuff, I'm like, you know, I don't know, but maybe it's like, you know, he's tapping into some cringe conversation that that will stand the test of time. And I just don't like it because it is by nature kind of cringy to listen to. But, you know, that's. Well, a big, big plot point Oof. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you know what I'm getting at, Mern. Yeah. I, I will say that not like dumb humor does not always land with me. Yeah. And most of the time I should would say it doesn't. So right. I think it is just because Clerk's coming out in 94. And granted, I didn't see it in 94 because I would have been five. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, 
but I probably saw it like 10 years later, realistically. Maybe maybe a little bit less than that, but Right. Yeah. So yeah, seeing that so early on though, I think, in age for me, and then really getting into his other movies when I was in high school, I, I feel like because I watched it at such an early age and I wasn't like full on college snob yet when it comes to movies, like the dumb yeah. humor just like worked for me. And somehow Kevin Smith has, you know, managed to work his way in that even if he's still doing the same type of jokes, I'm still laughing. And I, I will say that's to his credit, because most other films that have the same type of humor or employs the same type of jokes usually are not for me. So I, I do think it does go back to, you know, Kevin Smith and it yeah. being, you know, from his hand, from his mouth, you know, whatever, like. It works for me, and I'm I'm glad it still works. I'm glad that yeah, charm think, has not been lost. I think seeing this movie, it, for me, it's like, I think dick and fart jokes, I like. <laughs> but talking about Chewbacca, I think is boring. <laughs> you know? And, I, and yeah. the thing is, like, when Clerks 1 came out, it was novel because, like, the, the nerd pop, like, talking about, like, nerd pop culture in that way was not so prevalent. Normal yeah. as it is now. Yeah, prevalent, you know? It wasn't, it, it's, you know, now, like, Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is always like huge. That's the reason that it was like one of the biggest properties in the world. It wasn't just like talked about that way. It wasn't like um, like lavished over the way that you know everyone has seen. Everyone has seen Star Wars. And everyone has their opinion on Star Wars. Where it's like you, know, you talk to like my dad about Star Wars. It's just like I like that they have lasers. <laughs> and that, I think that was like most people's like, like you know right, opinion. Yeah. I'm really into the. You know, he's like, yeah, I don't fucking care. It, it looks cool, and then I leave, <laughs> and the movie's over. Whereas, like, you know, you got, like, nerds like me where I'm just like, The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars ever made. (laughs) Amen. Preach. But now, you know, now people like me are are everywhere. And I remember even growing up, like, that wasn't, you know, like, there were the nerds. And, like, you know, we didn't get stuffed in lockers, but, you know, we had hours-long conversation about nerdy shit, you know. But now everyone has, you know, you, you could... The, the cool thing about it is that you can, like, talk to some random schmuck about Marvel movies and you'll have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. But at the time when, like, Clerks was coming out, that was not, it was not the case. No. And you definitely didn't see it referred to as, like, character conversations within a film. Yeah, Mm-mm. people weren't writing characters who sound like that or talk like that. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's it's interesting seeing Clerks 3. And, like, I do think, he, like, Kevin Smith as a comedy writer, I'm like... This is actually all really good. But seeing the 50-year-old man, like, talk about Castle Grayskull, I'm just like, I don't know if I... I don't know if this holds up for me anymore. But I do... <laughs> but but you need... It has to be there. You need it. And it's true to the characters, you know? So it'd be, it'd be weirder if it was absent. And uh, and I'm glad it's there. Like a, like a friend that you only want to see every once in a while. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I suppose we should probably move on to get into the real meat of the film but overall yeah. it sounds like we both recommend this movie yeah i think i'm gonna soften on it even more as the the year goes on because i do think it's it is very special mm-hmm. and uh it made me cry so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know not all the movies this year have done that yeah absolutely all right well yeah we both recommend go out and see clerks three if you have more of a relationship with Kevin Smith and have seen more of the View Askew universe films, it might hit you in a different way and some would say, I mean, definitely better way. But you can still go into Clerks 3 and get something out of it, even if it's your first Kevin Smith movie. Because while you might not understand the references, the the character beats still hit strong. And I think it still works as a movie as a whole, which is very cool. If you've at least seen Clerks 1, you are good. Yes. Absolutely. It helps if you've seen Clerks 2 and maybe Jay and Simon Bob Strike Back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and maybe, and maybe uh, one of the Ben Affleck ones. Gosh, so many. So just many. one. Just, just, just one. go see Dogma. I don't know. You see Chasing Amy, really. That's what yeah. you should do. That's the one you should watch. That's the one you should watch. <laughs> All right, listeners, we'll take a quick break and then we'll get into spoilers. Right, we're here. We're in spoiler territory. We're talking about the movie. Movie. All right. So 
Yeah, at the very, very beginning. I love that it opens up with the Black Parade, by the way. I think that was like an awesome yeah. opening montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a very, you know, like as a, as a parade would imply, it was just like, it gets you hyped up. You're Definitely. like, we're fucking back! <laughs> Look at them, they're playing hockey on the roof! They're playing hockey on the roof, we're fucking back! <laughs> you love this shit! <laughs> and I did. And I did love that shit. Agreed. But yeah, I think the the film does some pretty interesting stuff with the way it gives you information. Because um, mm-hmm. you find out pretty early on that Becky passed away. And Becky passed away pretty much right at the same time as Clerks too. Like, it was a while yeah, ago. Yeah, pretty, pretty much after, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a very, uh, it was a very bold choice. And, um, you know, in, in retrospect now, I haven't seen the movie, I'm just like, you know, it, it was such a bold choice, I almost wish there was like more decisions like that in the movie. Because I was just like, oh, that's like very, like smart. It's just, it's very, it's just very bold for, in terms of like Kevin Smith writing is concerned, you know. Um, yeah, heartbreaking too. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, I know you went to the movie solo, but I was with my sister, and yeah, as soon as like we see that little thing on the cash register, I looked at my sister and we're like, "What? <laughs> yeah, what is what is he doing with this movie? Yeah, not what I anticipated. Um, especially it's funny because in Jay and Silent Bob reboot." Rosario Dawson is in that movie, but playing a different character. Oh, and she's she's only in it for like a scene. A little bit. Yeah, she's barely in it at all. Um, but yeah, that was a weird move watching reboot. And I'm like, why did they do that? Why didn't they just get another actress? And now knowing what happens and yeah. Clerks 3, it's like, oh, okay, well, she kind of isn't that character anymore. She hasn't been that character. No, that character, that character be gone. Yeah. yeah. But luckily we still get a decent amount of Rosario because she shows up and she talks to Dante, which is really nice. Some of the better. Well, I think the whole movie's great, but some of the more yeah. heartfelt, better scenes include Rosario as Becky talking to Dante. I think the, f- the first one where he's at her grave is the one that hits the hardest. And then it's like a little bit of like diminishing returns, but it always works, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I guess like the final time when you see them in the theater and they're like, let's go. Um, I was like, all right, cool. Um, and like, even with stuff like that, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm like choked up. I'm watching like, this is great. But like, sometimes the wink and the nods to like, I trust the director. I'm just like, you know i'm invested in these characters because they're well-written characters not just because they're kevin smith characters you know right and uh i feel like maybe sometimes the movie isn't confident enough in those characters that he's written um without the kevin smith having to like you know be like and i'm and i'm here just so you know (laughs) like you know they're great they're great you know dante and randall are are classic they're great Mm -hmm. yeah it is a lot of little winks and nods to himself for sure yeah and like i don't know it's about it's about his life and career you know so i get it yeah he he gets to do it but i i see what you mean it is a little heavy-handed at different parts of the film Mm -hmm. yeah Especially, like, only when it's, like, really, like, in contention with, like, what's actually happening, you know, like, 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 I care about Dante dying. Yeah. You know, I care about Dante, like, reliving his last moments. And, like, you know, so much of the movie, I think, is inspired by, you know, Kevin Smith surviving his own Widowmaker heart attack, you know? So, like, he, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get in the way of the man's therapy, but... You know, if any, if anything, I'm just like you know he should as a man who's so self-deprecating at times, but loves what he does. I'm like you know he's he's made some great characters that you know can can fly can fly on their own. They don't need to be. I don't need to be reminded they're Kevin Smith characters. I know, <laughs> and they're great, and I want to see them engage in this space. Right, but minor minor gripe. Minor gripe. Yeah, yeah I also thought and. This is coming from someone who has edited a little bit, and I know you mm-hmm. edit a lot more than I do. Um, the whole fact that Randall could run back and like recut the movie oh, in, yeah. in like <laughs> ten minutes, 
make it back to the hospital was kind of a bit of a stretch, but still very sweet. I mean, you know, in something like Clerks is like, especially like the first Clerks, which is like what he is presenting to to Dante. Right. You know, I guess it's like in the digital age, like using Premiere Pro, it's not the hardest movie to edit, but like it would take more than a night. (laughs) Probably take a long time, especially because like a lot of editing is like going through all the footage you have and looking for the best take. And, you, you know, it's you could not do it in a night. That's a that's a major suspension of disbelief. But, you know. I have a feeling Randall didn't do that many takes. <laughs> Probably not. So maybe maybe he really didn't have too many to choose from and it was a lot faster. Yeah, that's true. Or because yeah. I didn't feel like it was implying that he was making the story about Dante the whole time. I don't think the movie implies that at all. So yeah, it seemed no. like it would have been a recutting and a retooling of what he already had done. But Yeah, which would have taken whatever. more than like a few hours. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll suspend my disbelief for that. That's fine. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, uh, easier to get the stuff that we weren't as fond of out of the way um, before we get into the stuff that we really, really like. Um, yeah. The only character that really didn't work for me so, so much was Emma, who was coming back from Clerks 2, the fiance that Dante leaves. Oh, Kevin Smith's for, wife. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith's real life wife. I just thought that character, I get it that all of these people are in a bit of arrested development and kind of like what happened to them, they really stew in and mull over. But her character just still being that angry just seemed odd. She seems like she's doing pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good, but pretty bad. Like pretty good financially. Well, she's like, she's like pissed off still. Yes. (laughs) I was like, all right. Like this character's merely being used as a device for A, just saying like, hey, she's back in the movie. It's Kevin Smith's real wife. They're yeah. showing all of these other characters from the previous films. Why not show mm. her? But also yeah. it was just like, oof, like she really doesn't seem like a fully formed character. Not that well, she just she comes in so hot. That's the so thing. hot. Where it's just like, how okay, like we get it. So hot, like the two times she's in it. Yeah. It was like, I guess you you kind of need that to for those scenes to work maybe or to yeah. like get those like that those points across. So I'm like I like I get it, but it is a little just like she's so pissed <laughs> when she shows up. You're like okay, it's been a long time. I think she would be over it. A long life. time, Emma. It's been a while. <laughs> my my biggest gripe, and I think it's only because it's it's cringe in the current time we live in. But the um, the crypto jokes and stuff, <laughs> I'm like, I don't fucking, can we not? I don't want to listen to shit. I love those two characters. Yes, they. I think are they? I think my my favorite. I guess he's not new though, right? The Elias. He's in Clerks too. Yeah, Elias is in Clerks too. Elias is but not new, but blockchain is new. <laughs> blockchain is new. Yeah, and like you know, I guess I kind of like his name being blockchain. Um, <laughs> but it's it's the only thing you know when when Kevin Smith. Even though it can be cringe to see this 55-year-old man, like, cry every time there's a new Mandalorian episode on fucking Instagram, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know, he's Kevin Smith, so I'm like, well, you know, he's the guy. You know, we have a lot of this because of him. Um, but seeing this 55-year-old man talk about crypto, um, and by the end of it, I'm just like, Kevin Smith, do you have NFTs? Does Kevin Smith own M- NFTs? Like, I don't know, like... Yeah. I don't know if it's a damnation of cryptocurrency is in the movie. Um, I took it as like, because it's Elias and blockchain who are doing all of the crypto stuff. It seems like he's poking fun at crypto. I hope so. He hopes so. But it is the thing that saves them in the end. So. It is. Yeah. With the but, uh But yeah, love those characters. The, the crypto jokes. And I also think like those jokes will like not really stand the test of time you know but you know at the time he wrote clerks he probably didn't know if star wars and that stuff was gonna you know remain in the cultural lexicon in the way it is until now so it's not it's not something he's given a shit about before so why why start now yeah right i i do think as i mentioned in the first half kevin smith just weirdly gets a pass with me because yeah i agree in any other film if i were to watch it 10 years from now i would get a lot of eye roll from me the 
the whole talk about cryptocurrency, but the fact that it's Elias, who's such a ridiculous character. Yeah, I, it kind of works. Yeah, it kind of works. Especially yeah. just how unhinged he becomes the the longer the film goes on. All of the different, like, Satanist tropes he plays into. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, I think he is, he's like, every time he's like doing something, I'm like, he's like my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. I think. I think he's so fun. And he just like, you know, has a little bit, like him and blockchain being Jane, Simon, and Bob, like V2, you know, just adds a little bit of like um, breath of life into the movie. Kind of like uh, in in Jackass 4, right? Jackass Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing like the young people who are like, you know, kind of filling in the gaps that like some of the older guard maybe shouldn't be doing these certain things. Like uh-huh. it, it makes you think like, oh, like, there can be jackass after Johnny Knoxville, you know, like there yeah. can be jackass after Steve-O seeing like these people do it. I'm not sure if it's quite the same with these two characters, but it's just a little bit of like fresh kind of young life breathed into like a a thing that we, we, we know pretty well. And, and, you know, or maybe seeing the final throws of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I will ask you this and then the listeners can just fast forward or whatever. Do you care if I tell you a little bit? About Reboot. Oh, no, I don't care. Okay. So, listeners, I'm going to say just a little bit about Reboot. Maybe skip, like, 20 seconds ahead if you don't care. But if you're here and you're listening to us, you probably don't care. I don't know. You do you. Maybe. But in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, Jay finds out that he fathered a daughter with Justice from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay. And the daughter is played by Harley Quinn Smith. Uh, Kevin's daughter, who does oh, show so up. So she's in not this just like one. a random person. Correct. In the movie. Oh, correct. So that's okay. Jay's daughter. In the context of this, um, her name is Got Millie. It. Her name is mm-hmm. Millennium Falcon, but she goes by Millie. <laughs> that's insane to me, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Harley Quinn's actual boyfriend, Austin, that's blockchain, right? Is blockchain. That's yeah. what I thought. And so it's because also she gives him a look at the at the funeral where I'm just like, if I didn't kind of know this, that'd be the most insane thing I've ever seen. Yes. But I do kind of know that. So there we go. But it's funny because in Jane Silent Bob reboot, Millie's best friend or one of her best friends is deaf. And so, mm-hmm. again, kind of like another Silent Bob character. Because oh, you have yeah. like her as Jay's daughter and she has a friend who doesn't speak really. Yeah. And then again with yeah, with Elias and blockchain, it's just interesting. You can tell that Kevin Smith really likes that type of character dynamic between two mm-hmm. people. I mean he's described it as was it Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, so mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a trope and a pairing that has, has stood the, the test of time, right? Yeah. But it's funny because Austin, who plays blockchain, is gosh, like twenty seven and Elias is forty one. So well I don't know if Elias oh, yeah. the character is forty one, but the actor Trevor Furman, who plays him, is 41. So, yeah, that's yeah. kind of... He has a youthful funnier. energy about him. He does have yeah. a youthful energy. <laughs> he does have a youthful energy about him. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is interesting to, you know, to see Kevin Smith wrestle with his own mortality, but then has to kind of wrestle with the view askew mortality. Like, it's not exactly set up to be Kevin smith lists. I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting. Like... Does does those do those movies carry on? Does it get new directors and writers? Like, does it's you know, it's not. I don't know. Yeah, it would be interesting to see new filmmakers come into View Askew. Kevin Smith take. I've said the same thing about like Tarantino and shit before too. But you know, uh, they come into this banner, these new directors and writers, and Kevin Smith kind of takes more of a producing role, and he. Helps kind of usher in what the new generation of of Kevin Smith like movies can can be. You know, I think I think I would I would really like to see him in maybe a role that's kind of ushering in new filmmakers instead of him kind of like really just grasp beyond to his his Jersey Empire till he's turned to actual dust. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the the next view askew movie will look like or if there even will be one yeah this is the final you know i I don't know what his plan is because jay and silent bob have definitely done their own things but yeah 
going forward, I don't know if they need to. I guess maybe following the Millie character would be kind of fun if that's something they chose to do. But I think the dynamic yeah. would have to change. I would like to see, like I said, more of the the spirit of those movies live on. Not so much the characters of those movies live on, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the only way to really recapture that is to, you know, have someone who in the modern era is trying to make the, the next clerk's and give them the shot that Kevin Smith didn't have. Like, you know, make make don't make them max out all their credit cards and gamble on on a film festival, like help pay for their their thing, you know? But right. I don't know. And also I, I don't know what the what even the what the spirit of those movies can live on in different you know artists. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like it it's it's interesting to see, you know, me as an audience member wrestle with view askew mortality in that way where I'm like, you know, I kind of, I kind of think there's more we can do here, but like not only at the behest of Kevin Smith. And I think he has like a, I, I just think that he has enough expertise and enough like clout to, to help young filmmakers, you know, mm-hmm. between this film and Jay and Silent Bob reboot, a lot of the characters are having children now. And yeah, I think that the sentiment has been said by many of them that, yeah, this is kind of like not the end of their story, but their story changed. And Mm -hmm. now they're kind of more of just like a supporting character in the lives of their children. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe Kevin Smith is even saying that just kind of in his own right outside of the film, but through the films. So, yeah, Yeah. maybe he is a. going to be more inclined to maybe take a step back. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, be, if if uh, his his daughter was trying to be in his footsteps, then that'd be one thing. But I don't, I'm not quite sure if that's exactly what she's trying to do, you know? Yeah, I don't really know what her plan is. Yeah. Not that she, she needs one or anything, but... No. Not at all. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. But, you know, to the to the movie itself, it, it does feel very, like finite and it's a it's a sigh of relief that it's good yes you know it's just like this is it's it's like it's a perfect it's a perfect ending to clerks the Mm -hmm. good and the bad and the mess of it it is all perfectly done yeah perfectly done and it seems like they're really letting the the actors the actors slash non-actors that they got for clerks one um Mm -hmm. seeing all those people come back and reprise their roles great and then mm-hmm. to see all of the other people that Kevin Smith has worked with auditioning for the movie to play certain roles was yeah. great. Especially Ben Affleck after they had the falling out, you know, seeing him back. It's like, that's great. Yeah. I don't really know much about their falling out. I forget what the exact like catalyst for it was, but they did have like they were like on non-speaking terms for for a bit fairly uh, recently, and I do think before Clerks Three was coming out, they like squashed the beef. But I think I think it was like fairly long-standing, and I think it was a bit of um, like Ben Affleck really kind of holding the grudge. But I'm not ex- exactly sure what it was about, um, so I don't want to speak on it too much and talk yeah. out of my ass. But they they had beef for a bit. Interesting. Um, so it is it is nice to see him in the movie again because. Uh, it does show that it was squashed. Yeah. I'd like to think that J-Lo was just like, Ben, get your shit together. It's Kevin Please. Smith. Just, <laughs> he's he's your buddy. <laughs> what are you doing? Really, I mean, they did they did so much work together. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he yeah, reprises been, I, his role as Holden in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, uh, okay. So that was pretty wild, too, just to see him again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you guys that have done crazy. a lot of stuff. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's he, he they owe a lot to each other. Yeah. Because, you know, I think Kevin Smith helped jumpstart his career, but I bet you securing a Ben Affleck secures you some funding as well. So. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. Probably helps, them, probably helps them both out a little bit. Yeah. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of sentimentality for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ben Affleck is, is certainly at this point, he is the uh, the bigger fish. Yes. <laughs> I would say. Sadly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, for me, Ben Affleck really only works in Kevin Smith movies, for the most part. You don't like, you don't like him in Daredevil? I have not seen him play any superheroes 
at all. You've seen him be Batman, haven't you? No. You haven't seen those movies? Fuck. That is the That's only awesome. Batman I wish. that I, wish I have I never could seen. Be you. <laughs> Fuck. <clears throat> and luckily, I think he's so he's so good. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> but yeah, like Ben Affleck, I just think he's I think he's an okay actor, and I think and this is not a knock on Kevin Smith. I think Kevin Smith films require people who, and it's okay to just have okay actors. In Kevin yeah. Smith movies. So when I see Ben Affleck act in anything else, I'm like, but he's just okay. Like, he's supposed to have to be good for for this role. Yeah. It just doesn't I work. Think, yeah, I think Kevin Smith, like, you know, he writes movies that are best when they feel like you're kind of, like, fly on the wall, right? Yes. When it feels like it's real people talking. And you could, I feel like, only really capture that with the, with, you know, actors who are not, like, super well Versed in acting to it. But, you know, you're watching that documentary uh, after the movie. You know, they, they all refer to themselves as actors and they treat it like a real acting gig. So, you know, I don't even want to sell it short because I do think, you know, maybe at the time that Clerks 1 was coming out, they were really first cutting their teeth on everything. But, you know, I'm sure 30 years later and playing these characters again, like there's a lot of pathos that goes into being Randall, you know? like Yeah. And, and like, I think it's really shown when... You know, when they do some of the Clerks 1 scenes, but they're filming it in Clerks 3, but it's in black and white. And it takes you a second to be like, "Is this? are they showing Clerks 1 or is this Clerks 3? Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's a magic trick. You know, like that's that's really cool. Um, Very cool. And it just and it just speaks to the credit of like how they can like slip right back into Clerks 1, you know, takes like that's re- that is really cool. Um, and like, you know, you get to the end of this movie and they're showing... Uh, Dante, Clerks One, straight up like Clerks One. If, if you're not if you're not crying, you're you're a fucking piece of shit. You're you know? stoned. Like, yeah, you're stoned. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, it is. It's there's there are few movies more earnest than that. Yeah, incredibly moving. Yeah. Incredibly well earned. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's I wild. So. Ninety four yeah. to two thousand six to two thousand twenty two. I mean, you've come a long way with these characters. Yeah. It was like a good like little you. before midnight situation, except with Kevin Smith. That's true. It is kind of like it is kind of like that. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I you know, Kevin Smith. He's only like he's like fifty or fifty five, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's somewhere in his fifties. You know. He's not, he's not, like, he doesn't have to be done. No, he doesn't. But, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You got Ridley Scott, he's like, you know, I think he will be on life support and, and directing a movie. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. He he knows nothing else. Yeah, he's like, it's, it keeps him alive, is <laughs> <Yes>. directing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I'm curious to see... I just think it's kind of sad, just Kevin Smith's career, just kind of, he, he so, like, folds into himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's because, you know, he, as a younger filmmaker, tried to branch out and do things like Cop Out or, or oh, yeah. other types of movies, and he got really burned by it. Extremely know, burned. By, the, by, like, the major, like, studio system, so. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes sense where he kind of, like, retreated into his, like, fan cave of people who like his his diehard ride or die motherfuckers you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like i get it but i always i just think I've, I've just always had like more like i'm just like i just think he has even more potential even at his age and doing this stuff and now sinclair's is like the man has so much potential as a creative like and i just feel like it's not always tapped but i do think he finds it he finds ways to be really good in not just movies where, you know, he'll he'll be attached to doing He-Man, which I think is excellent. Or, you know, Smodcast was huge mm-hmm. at the time it came out. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if it revolutionized podcasting, but it did kind of, like, lay down a template for podcast networks. Yeah. You know, he was doing multiple shows. He did a series of podcasts. Um, he did a five-part podcast about how red state was made and he called it his like own version of like kevin smith film school and like you know he and eventually like if you go on the smallcast website like they have like hundreds of different shows and stuff like that and tears and shit so like you know he 
he does he he is entrepreneurial in those ways and and you know he's he's not just pigeonholed into movies because if he was i don't think he'd be <laughs> remembered that well <laughs> no yeah agreed well it's interesting that his films where he does go back into what you like to call his nerd cave inside of himself yes. for sure mm-hmm. um I think he writes for those characters so authentically because of his relationship with Jason Mewes and how frequently Jason would relapse and struggle with his addictions. Obviously, Randall isn't presented as a character who has addictions, but he is presented as a character who can't get his shit together. And Dante is continuously trying to get him to either come out of that or... You know, is doing also maybe the more harmful thing of just placating him and letting him kind of fester and feel like he's the victim of the world. Yeah. And so I think Kevin really writes those characters with such heart and ambition, whether that ambition be, you know, pretty stagnant, but still ambition nonetheless for, for characters who dream bigger, because that's something that Kevin Smith lived and kind of was living for a while. But it seems like Jason Mewes is doing okay now. It seems like he had a kid a few years ago. Yeah, all of his teeth seem brand new. Oh my gosh, (laughs) all of them. All of his teeth seem brand spanking new. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. It was halfway during the film, I was like, wait, did they put dentures in him or his teeth like this the whole time? Maybe they did, I don't know, but it's fucking, it's distracting. It is. It is distracting. (laughs) It's also distracting, like, a character like Jay would not have new teeth like no. that. Jason Mewes, perhaps. Perhaps. But Jay, I don't know. <laughs> Unless he's making so much money. Legally selling yes. weed, but acting like it's still that, illegal. That's, which such, a good, that's such a good fucking bit. That's such a good bit. I was like, that's awesome. I did it in the 90s, son. <laughs> Out that's here? That's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that definitely got me. Got me good. Yeah, yeah it's good. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's I I I wonder what's next, if anything. I if anything, and if this is it, great. What a, what a banger to go out on. It's a banger to go out on. Like you know, I, I like I said, I would like to see more from Kevin Smith, but I think his talents are better suited for, um, you know, g- guiding other filmmakers. I think. You yeah. Know? But. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> we'll see. Well, yeah, a, a few other parts that I wanted to shout out um, that really cracked me up. I loved the idea of Randall heavily explaining the Mandalorian to Amy Sedaris, who is in the Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is funny. That was great. And I thought Amy Sedaris, while she was in the movie for like a pretty short amount of time, all told. She's great. It's so funny. She's cameo queen, though, you know. She is cameo queen. And then, and, and one of the best parts of BoJack Horseman. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. And then I also just really loved when they had put the stint in Randall and he could finally breathe again. And the swell of music for the Degrassi theme song was playing <laughs> in the background. And then it played in the background for, like, the entire next scene. Uh, because Kevin Smith was famously in a few episodes of Degrassi. Degrassi. He actually played himself and wrote a movie that some of the characters in Degrassi got to act in within the show itself. Uh, look at so that. So it's fun. I, I just love that this movie is full of little nods to like all of his like weird super fans who know him from different areas. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you look at the audition scene and it's... You know, it's like the dude has really worked with a lot of interesting people, you know, like a lot of like a lot of well-known actors have been attached to the stuff he does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, and I like that he brings up the Mandalorian, but it's also just like it's like, well, the well, is that something that's going to hold up, you know, in, in ten? I don't know. Like, I like it more. Maybe. As the idea of like, this is what Randall would talk about because he's nervous. And he doesn't want to face being nervous. So he's talking about all of his like dumb nerd shit just Mm. to like distract himself 
Also because he doesn't really know how to communicate with people in like a nor- quote unquote normal way. Yeah, he can only really communicate in like pop culture references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I would like to think that Kevin Smith wasn't writing those lines thinking like these are meant to be funny. I think he was just like I don't think this character would know how to have a conversation yeah, with someone. No, that's a that's a good point. That's true. Yeah. Because I do think a lot of the stuff with, like, Elias and Randall is just funny because it's like, well, Randall's kind of, like, setting himself back up into the same type of relationship that he had with Dante. Because mm-hmm. now yeah. he can say all of the same shit that he used to say to Dante and to, to Elias, it's going to be real. Or real. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, new. Like, Elias hasn't heard him say That's all true. of hasn't heard stuff. all of the things. Yeah. So he, he's kind of still in that state of, you know. Suspended animation, essentially. Yeah, true. But he knows no other way. That is the way. That is the way. That is the way. (laughs) Well, yeah, is there anything else that we didn't really bring up that you wanted to comment on? I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, I feel like I, I spent a lot of time talking about, like, Kevin Smith at large, but it is the thing I was really most, I feel like I, I, like, it's my main takeaway from the movie is just, like, what does this mean? You know, but I, I do think the film itself, you know, as we said in spoiler free, it's like, I, I think it's, it's a really, really special movie. And, uh, I'm just really glad that he kind of got to, to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and to do it in the way, like, you know, in the movie, in, in the, in, in the world of like reboots or sequel boots or five creams, <laughs> you know, it can be a little exhausting, but, uh, this is one of the. I think this is one of the special ones, and unfortunately, it works very well. Unfortunately, <laughs> so, it does. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. But you know, if anyone, but Kevin Smith loves that type of shit, you know. And uh, what what better way to 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 do a swan song to his first movie than than that? Yeah, and Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson kill it in those dramatic scenes. And yeah. I think these guys are like lights out actors who have never really been given their due. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, when they can when they can play, you know, like I said before, like when they can just slip into their clerks one persona, like, you know, these characters, but younger. Right. Like they can just do it so easily. It's like, you know, that's that is a skill set. Like that is like something that they have, they have honed. And yeah, I do think they just haven't really gotten their. Their due, and then when you see the actors that have like moved on from Kevin Smith movies who have gotten their due, it's just like, well, maybe they all had that in them, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Hadn't really considered that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just a good movie. It's a good movie. What good are you movie, thinking, top ten wise? Is this going to be a contender? Uh, I don't know. I, you know that I, it would be nice if it was, but I don't know. There's been, there's been a lot of really good movies. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. I think uh, I saw Barbarian recently. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I'm excited that's, to watch it. That's gonna be that's gonna be up there. Nothing's gonna unseat uh, the Batman from number one. Spoilers for my list. Dang. Batman's gonna be right there with the bullet. I also think Three Thousand Years of Longing is gonna be high on my list. I know you really liked it. Yeah, I love that fucking movie. It was it's really so good. And, it's so weird and horny. I love it. Weird and horny, and at the end of the day, it kind of tricks you because it's like actually just like. A simple love story, which I was That's like it. really impressed by the end. I was like, what? This movie had like so many flourishes and it kind of tricks you. And it's like, surprise, we were just cute the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah, we just dang. really, it's, it's a movie about love and storytelling. And it's just like, what more do you want? Yeah. I feel like I get a lot of uh, like the reasons I like 3000 Years of Longing is like the same reasons I like Green Knight, where it's just like, it's just a horny art film that has a lot of money to make it look really cool. And I'm like, that's my favorite kind of movie, baby. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up for one of those. Well, before we get going, uh, this will be like a nice little tasty treat for the listeners. So my crowd that I saw this movie with were like total Kevin Smith nerds. Everyone nice. was there for this movie. Everyone was enjoying the same jokes. I felt like I had a really good crowd. Would you like to talk about your crowd experience uh i mean like you know it wasn't like that that i i was mostly sitting next to someone who was very annoying ah, okay. but like you know the crowd <laughs> but like it was honestly and like and now that i'm like 
a, a good night's sleep away from it. Like the crowd was very like the people sitting in front of me were like fucking incel nerds. God. Uh, one of the things I heard them talking about, like, we're just like, oh, uh, have you have you watched Rings of Power? And like, no, I hear it's fucking terrible. Uh, and spo- you know, Rings of Power is is very good. And the people <laughs> who think it's fucking terrible so. are probably racist. <laughs> uh huh. Because they they woke to the Lord of the Rings. Um, so like they were really annoying. Uh, and then there was just like a lot of people who, um, were there, but they were really into like you know my cra- my theater was like laughing a shitload. Like they all were really into it. So like that was cool. There was like some side chatter I wish would fucking cease. Yeah. But uh. You know, it was it, the the experience of it all. It's like, well, you know, it's kind of it's it's cool to see everyone into it, despite the little annoyances. The guy sitting next to me was like fucking wasted, and um, uh, he's also like anytime, like you know, <laughs> it's like anytime there is an actor, like you know, Justin Long enters the scene, he's like, yeah, oh, Justin Long. <laughs> it's like it's like IMDb. It's like <laughs> wasted IMDb over here. It's like. Yeah, Ben Affleck. <laughs> it's just like, bro, shut the fuck up. And he's just like, he's just fucking hammered. Um, so, and he was like directly next to me. And when he sat down, his like backpack leaked a liquid on me. And I was like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> um, so he was really fucking annoying. But and literally right next to me. So, oh, gosh. and I took the three, and I took the three seater at the top of the theater too oh that's a move and on then that these guy. two yeah yeah and then this guy and the other guy he was with a buddy they sat next to me i was like fuck wow um what a power play on their part it was honestly i think it was a sold out screening so you know oh, okay. it was it was few and far between but it uh definitely sucked yeah. and it's also funny um they saw the story they saw the um story screen reports slide and he was like, oh, that looks like Burge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like on my phone. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like they didn't even know. So I thought that was funny. Uh, and luckily he didn't say anything to me. <laughs> I think his buddy was like, oh, yeah, they do a podcast. He's like, all right. And I was like, cool. Um, so, yeah, my theater experience, you know, it's almost like being in a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. In Sounds retrospect, like but, li- but but living it, it was, was, was not like, fun. I just kind of want to, yeah. And it just like you know, even the more like sentimental moments, you know, it 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 took the the bite out a little bit because I'm like you know trying to fuck. I'm like about to cry, and then this guy next to me says something fucking dumb. I'm just like, well, uh. that's annoying. Could have been worse. I will say that. Um, but it was it was nice to see it in a full ass theater with people who. I, it all seemed like Kevin Smith fans at the very least. That's awesome. And I had some weird incel nerds and I had some wasted guys <laughs> and I had a lot of people who were like younger than us. So like, you know, it was a good, it was overall, it was a good experience. Maybe not a great viewing experience. Yes. If that checks out. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't trade it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I asked. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I had more to say about it than I thought I did. I was like, actually, I'm so glad you you asked me because it was it was something. Yeah, your your bill will be in the mail for this nice yeah. little therapy session we just had. That's true. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, so listeners, I think we have reached the end. Robbie, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, yes. Please uh, check out Story Screen Reports. It is a news podcast where i take the top five stories of what i think are the top five stories of the month and do a podcast about it with a guest uh the september episode should be out next week uh at the time of this recording so please check that out um it's fun it's a it's a pet project i've had percolating for a long time i'm very excited to share with everybody but the uh the first episode from last month is out, obviously. Uh, so check that out. It is cool. We talk a lot about HBO Max and all the weird stuff happening there because it was kind of like splintered many stories from it. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to share what the next one's going to be with everybody very soon. That is exciting. Yes, I have nothing particular in particular to, to plug um, for this week's podcast, but... Make sure to go to storyscreenbeacon.com, listeners, and sign up for our newsletter. A lot of fun and exciting info is about to drop. Spoiler alert, we're doing a Patreon. So look for that. Um, Definitely getting the newsletter 
in your inbox will help you with all the information that you would need for something like that. Or you can follow us on any of our various social media platforms. Again, if you go to storyscreenbeacon.com and scroll to the bottom, you'll see all of our nifty little icons and you can click on any of those bad boys and they'll get you even more connected with us. So whatever you're listening to right now, thank you so much. If you're able and willing and excited to help us out, go ahead and just give us a like, subscribe, comment, just engage with us. Because that's what we love. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) And uh, listeners, we will catch you on the flip side. Snoochie boochies. (laughs) Smoochie boochies. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 